Welcome to the introductory session of Pneumatic Materials. Materials. I'm Derek. I'm Nate. And together, we're introducing the podcast component of a new multimedia project. Pneumatic Materials intends to develop a more spiritually inclined conception of the present moment through critical examination of art, culture, social history, technology, theology, and philosophy. We want to provide a voice to the felt yearning for God on display so frequently today, which, if not provided with an alternative, might tend towards reactionary dogmatism. Well said. Um, a lot of terms being thrown around there, but as we move forward with this thing, um, I'm sure we'll get around to defining all of them in a little more detail. Can't wait. Can't wait. As man thinks, as is his understanding of things, so is his God. So much worth as a man has, so much and no more has his God. The consciousness of God is the self-consciousness of man. The knowledge of God is the self-knowledge of man. Man's notion of himself is his notion of God, just as his notion of God is his notion of himself. The two are identical. What is God to man? That is man's own spirit, man's own soul, what is man's spirit, soul, and heart? That is his God. God is the manifestation of man's inner nature, his expressed self. Religion is the solemn unveiling of man's hidden treasures, the avowal of his innermost thoughts, the open confession of the secrets of his love. Man transposes his essential being outside himself before he finds it within himself. Our task consists precisely in showing that the antithesis of the divine and human is illusory. That is, that it is nothing other than the antithesis between the essential being of man and his individual being, and that consequently, the object and the content of the Christian religion are altogether human. So we just heard a quote uh, from Ludwig Feuerbach's 1841 work, The Essence of Christianity. Uh, Feuerbach uh, was a left Hegelian philosopher um, who, in this work, attempts to critique uh, the common understanding of Christianity um, and assert that, in fact, the essence of man, um, in Feuerbach's definition, constituted by his essential qualities, um, the values that he and, and by extension society prizes above all else, um, these being most commonly wisdom, strength, love. Um, so those qualities understood as humanity's essence are identical with the essence of God. Um, religion and the invention of a God is nothing other than humanity's um, identification of these qualities and abstracting them away from the individual. So we sum all of these qualities uh, that we hold dear and we essentially abstract that and call that abstraction God. Um, and Feuerbach says um, that this is a kind of necessary step uh, on the path of self-knowledge, this abstraction, object, objectification of man's essence or humanity's essence. But there's a next step. Feuerbach, I think, is in this case generally aligned with the goal of our project, which is to reveal that the identity of God is equal to, to that of humanity. 
but now to move from uh, rather from the ridiculous to the sublime, from the sublime to the ridiculous. What are we gonna <laughs> What are we gonna hear now, Derek? Oh, oh. we're going to uh, examine a quote on spirituality that comes from the more esoteric folds of Instagram before launching into a freeform conversation relating the themes that we've laid out here. Sounds good. Let's get into it. Multiple millions of years ago, the host mission of the Metatronic family was to help repair the parts of the time matrix that fell into separation in the Milky Way that was originally from Andromeda. This destruction was the result of the Lyran Wars, or the fall of Lyra, the seat of the Antichrist conflict. Lyra was the twelfth gate, a source of crystal consciousness that connected directly into the Andromeda galaxy. When Lyra fell, its higher pieces that were connected to the natural trinity, wave crystal codes, the eternal living light architecture became reversed and locked into the Milky Way system. As a result, over time it became increasingly distorted and the Metatron Collective attempted to retreat and repair this 12th Stargate, but unfortunately, they failed. As a result of the Metatron Collective being unable to salvage the 12th Stargate, they were absorbed into the artificial intelligence system formed by the black hole entities, and they eventually digressed into the Yahweh system. This system is connected into a black cube matrix held through Saturn that is siphoning life force from our universal time matrix and routing it back into their black hole system. Saturn's black cube holds a massive tank that acts as a harvesting station for blood sacrifice from human beings in any way imaginable, whether through wars, rituals, crucifixion, martyrdom, suicide, or menstrual. This makes it obvious why Saturn has been long associated with an assortment of blood-worshipping cults. Saturn is also the solar seventh gate, so it's been used to pump out reversal violet ray plasma light, and this is the distortion that generates reversal plasmas and reversal violet light on our planets. These reversal plasmas are designed to ignite and feed the demon seed that exists in the shadow selves or negative forms of the masses. Additionally, this alien construct was used to impale the crucifixion implants in the vertical axiotonal lines of the planetary body, which also devastated the vertical channel alignment of the planetary staff. The Yahweh system leads back into the black hole system from a black star that is located in the center of our Milky Way galaxy called Abaddon. The Yahweh Collective took over the four cardinal directions, or what we call the divine infinite calculus that makes up the cosmic clock in our universe. They used the Yahweh system to take over the guardians of the 12 pillars and the crystal cathedral architecture, blocking communication with Christic races outside of this system. This alien machinery is called the yod Hey vod Hey system, or Yahweh matrix. It is obvious to assume that the fallen Yahweh entities decided they were our gods and decided to implement a variety of mind control mechanisms by spreading religious beliefs so that humans would worship Yahweh and or Jehovah as the God creator. The yod Hey vod Hey system also correlates to taking over all of the numerical four and master builder 22 constructs that are used in the morphogenetic fields as blueprints for matter. Each of the yod Hey vod Hey pillars relates to one of the directions, north, south, east, or west, and the governance over its fallen angelic hierarchy that administers the cosmic clock or timelines. Calling on this Yahweh system through the yod Hey vod Hey matrix, or tetragrammaton, is common in squaring the circle, which is how an occult ritualist sets the directions in an energetic space. This may be used in some New Age practices or in black magic rituals that are bound to the Hebrew-based systems and the mystical Kabbalah or other mystery schools or religions that worship Yahweh. 
certainly difficult to distill yeah. any one takeaway uh, from that quote we just heard. A very um, nihilistic metaphysics, or one that maybe even um, reifies the this subjective experience um, of malevolence, you know, uh, originating from capital um, into a metaphysical worldview. Um, but it it definitely illustrates as well the extent um, to which. Uh, young people in online spaces are rejecting traditional modes of spirituality. And people are vastly, incredibly dissatisfied with the options available to them. Um, and in the same moment that, yeah, on Politogram, you have 15-year-olds ping-ponging across the, um, you know, the political compass, um, I think People like this account we we quoted at the start of this episode are trying on new systems of belief, are trying to reconcile and hold that, you know, totally contradictory ideas in their head at the same time. But making sense of them without letting the contradiction just be. I mean, imagine following an account like that, that, you know, nine out of ten posts are just scripture copy pasta of sources that aren't really debated people it's just do you, is that the faith you subscribe to or not and then you know metatron's uh uh Yahweh-in, uh you know transformers in the black hole there it's it's a lot and for me that even combined like four separate hinge conspiracies that i'm aware of yeah um, I, I because the Saturn time cube yeah. is, is just gaining so much momentum yeah just the second book was published about that it's it's yeah, I, it's quite a bit. Maybe it merits some more in depth. I I'm hesitant to really dive in because I I don't it's, know it's if there's concern. anything worthwhile to it's, be gained it, from looking into it. But the only thing for me is not the, co the cosmology that's worthwhile. It's the fact that people are turning to it. Yeah, I think all the social institutions have failed. Mm -hmm. All of them. Most people I know who have a memory of going to some house of worship growing up, it was begrudging, or what was supposed to come through in those spiritual traditions obviously did not come through mm -hmm. to a 12-year-old child or, or whatever, people who made it through their, their various rites they had to go through in their faiths. Um, but a, a conversation came up that we, didn't, we did not ignite that one. Mm -hmm. People are just kind of asking these questions, and I think we went into the crucifixion, mm -hmm. Christian atheism in mm -hmm. Zizek, and somebody who was kind of agreeing with us was like, well, you know, Jesus was real, so I can get on board with this. They have, mm. they have proof. They have facts. Mm -hmm. They know that person existed. Mm -hmm. Whether he did or didn't to me is beside the point. If there was a historical figure that did some things and many things became attributed to them later, as is what usually happens in the history, that's how we end up with a mythos, it's beside the point for me. But I understand that for many people, that still matters. And so yeah. Personally, I I want to de demystify. I yearn to demystify that for mm -hmm. for people to further illustrate the fact that it's not it's not the facts. It can't be the facts because we're just so far removed mm -hmm. from these historical events, and they're only are ever encapsulated by the mind of humans, by the ego and the self, which always has its own agenda, whether it's conscious or not. So there are just so many factors there of distortion. Um, 
that, you know, Jesus X Christian atheism becomes the preferred stance, you know. So. Yeah. Maybe that's a little, that's a teaser, and I, I think we'll we'll have a full discussion. I know, I keep, I keep riffing on, all these are, like, wonderful separate episodes, but, yes. I mean, we're kind of establishing some of these things that we're very yes. interested in. As well. well, I think we can say out of the gate that much to uh, the chagrin maybe of some of our uh, more tradcath leaning listeners, um, we are not biblical literalists. And uh, maybe I'll just, I don't I I'd speak for the both of us when we say uh, do not believe in the, the physical resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. We are not Christians per se. Um, I'm staying fairly agnostic in terms of my own personal faith. Yeah, um, I'm not in any, associated with any religious faith. But uh, I would say that I believe in God. I'll, I'll maybe make that yeah. declaration from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I think I think that God is beyond the atheist God. That's what I believe mm-hmm. in. The thing that's beyond our ability to fathom purely, mm-hmm. cheerily. And every time you try, you're just you're just obfuscating anything. You're putting a label on it, and that label can only be seen through the labels of humans. So yeah. Well, and I, I think many of our listeners, I know, you know, um, both my co-host and I have been through our cringe Reddit atheist phase, uh, which I think is a necessary uh, step on the path. But um, I know, I, I think you grew up going to church maybe more regularly. F- for me, it was maybe Christmas and Easter, and I will say that I was completely terrified of church. Did you do like a midnight mass on Easter? I don't think we ever went to... It, it or would Christmas. have been Protestant churches. Yeah. Mass. We had whole I, candles. Uh, you know. I may have done one like late service or something. I remember being really terrified uh, upon seeing uh, a crucifix. Yeah. And I couldn't for the life of me understand why you would want to show your guy, you know. <laughs> why don't you show him? You know, he made a bunch of... You know, he put, turned water into wine or made a bunch of fishes. You know, why don't you show him doing that? Um, but, you know, I grew up in a very liberal town. Um, my parents not super religious. Um, so Christianity and religion in general was something I could kind of, I don't know, observe from a distance. And then, yeah, it was very easy to um, pick up on that. Well, actually... You know, of course, there's no, there's no man in the sky. We don't that watches don't, you when you jack off. No, just all of your ancestors do, actually. <laughs> that's what I believe now. Yeah, that's that's what I believe. I think I gotta think when I'm when I'm about to to beat my meat that I'm like, you know, I don't know if great 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 grandma, my mother's side, will be proud of me for what I'm about to do. But maybe she's a freak. It's fine. I don't care. Um. No, there's no magical sky god, and that's that's what we mean. Uh, which we'll go, I'll go into Christian Christian atheism later, mm-hmm. but it's 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 what Marx understood. Actually, not an atheist, and he understood that most people held this place for a magical sky god in uh, you know a gated Disneyland somewhere, and he knew that as long as God was outside of man, that there would always be problems here that we lose a sense of agency, and with that we also lose responsibility when we are staking everything on what's going to happen after we die. Mm-hmm. It completely changes the way that you live. Mm-hmm. And if instead people consider that this is it, yeah, 
Maybe they actually would live like how they say Christians should live, right? Maybe things could be different if we can take God out of the sky and put it back in the heart of man. Some people say, um, you know, God is in the, the neurons, so to speak. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine. If that's where you want to be, I'm fine with that too. Sure. You know, but regardless, it's here. And I know there's, I want to say to our listeners, there's a lot to expand on there to make those things make oh, sense. Yeah. I, don't, I know it's vague, but we have treaded this territory and we're speaking in a summary basis for this episode. So you're you going to have to, if, if you're upset with. and you've already, you're about to turn it off, uh, don't worry. We, yeah. we will, we will get into that. I, I assure you. Yeah. You know, these are, the, these are the cliff notes basically. I know something else that's really animated a lot of our discussions and I'm sure is going to come up time and again is, you know, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, you know, for, for all of us, but there is this kind of, um, ironic, LARPy revival of Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy um, that prevails in a lot of online spaces these days among, like, pretty young kids. They're trying on these rather, you know, extreme, um, demanding religious identities um, as well. And, you know, not to just totally make light and ridicule somebody who is experimenting with these kind of things, um, I, I'm unsure if the, 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 the aesthetic tropes or the, the details, the symbols, the sign language of Christianity is the one that is needed right now. Um, I, I think it's, it's an ongoing question to define what is the language, what is the way of relating to this thing that works best for the most people. Maybe there's not one answer to that question, and I, I don't know. It's it's something I'm sure we'll we'll try to address, you know, over the course of this thing. Um, yeah, I think about it a lot. You know, I think this is probably controversial for a bunch of people listening, but people like Elon Hubbard were caught up with that too. And even if Scientology didn't go the way that it went, let's say it was more of a Christian or closer to some traditional faith. Um, it still is just a religion and it still was trying to uh, encapsulate a time where like neoliberalism was really ramping up, right? It was really switching gears. And the symbols that you're talking about move at the pace of capitalism. Mm-hmm. They do. The pace of the accelerated neoliberal capitalism. So to try to keep up is, is certainly an interesting question. I tend to think that all religions are false. Mm-hmm. And And all religions are true. Yes, (laughs) exactly. But I think all religions are, they signify something, Mm -hmm. the only point. And because of that, um, they're not it. Yeah. They can be very helpful tools. Um, They can be very good for direction. I think a number of faiths agree that like whatever happens after you die is an apolitical place, mm-hmm. a, uh, at least not, I'm not talking about the modern schlocky Christianity stuff, but like mm-hmm. traditionally, apolitical, um, a gender, mm-hmm. asexual, it's just beyond, it's post. It's not, it's not even like, oh, it's going to be communism when the kingdom of, no, mm-hmm. it's just beyond. 
all of that. Um, well, and the it's idea, nothing, right? Yeah. And it's everything. So I just think it's, it's an interesting question, but I don't know if the symbols can be rearranged. I think if you are an individual, whatever it takes for you to get to that kind of a place is good insofar as it brings you in communion with other people mm. and not mm -hmm. just your faith. That's not that's just your key. church, yeah. not just your sect, not just your community. If it makes you empathize and experience compassion for the entirety of the world or mm -hmm. the city or the town that you're in, um, that's that's more of the that's mm -hmm. more of it for me. Well, I think we so you and I this past fall we attended a concert. We saw William Basinski's. Um, 20th anniversary or the performance of William Basinski's uh, The Disintegration Loops um, on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, um, you know, in a packed... Um, Riverside Church. Riverside Church, um, which has its own <laughs> pretty uh, suspect history that I, I am sure we could spend a lot of time going into, you know, this kind of interfaith um, Disneyland reproduction of Chartres Cathedral... Um, created by wealth criminal robber barons, um, but in any case, uh, in any case, a very beautiful space <laughs> that I encourage all of our listeners to go visit at some point. Complacency house of worship. To, um, to, uh, yeah, they were able to kind of bring everyone into this space of reverence very quickly in a way that was entirely non-denominational and non-exclusionary. Any faith that you start from, whatever like church you were raised in or not, or house of worship. Um, it should encourage you to go out on your own. Mm -hmm. And if that means being comparative, because through my own comparative experiences, I found essential kernels present everywhere, which led me towards a better understanding of this esotericism without empiricism, you know, that is present elsewhere in culture, but goes um, unquestioned, you know, so... I mean, hey, if if uh, you get to the pearly gates and they say you can get in, but your friends can't, then you're in hell. Yeah, that's real. I don't believe you mm -hmm. know. That's not my. That's not it, guy. That's not it, guy. You know. Yeah. No. So I, if it, but but hey, in the modern world, faiths will stretch, just like our conception of who the president can be slowly, stretch because mm -hmm. stretches, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll. We'll do this as some form of symbolic change, and I feel the same way about religion. That it's okay. There's a new Christian church, and this one is all identities, mm. and Jesus is androgynous, does not have a gender, and whatever. It's like, oh well, we've we will continue. These faiths will always continue mm -hmm. to stretch to encompass these things, and as they stretch, there will be an equally reactionary force for a deeper form of conservatism, mm -hmm. and both are false. Mm -hmm. You could you could imagine your savior or your prophet or your god any way. I remember, I remember in the '90s I was watching uh, Dogma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane Silent Bob, you know, and yeah. and uh, who whose god is uh, Lannis Morissette? Yeah, and that's that was like very big at the god time, right? A God's woman. a woman, yeah, right? J Jewel, what if God was one of us? Yeah. Right? Sorry, God is beyond gender. Right. Hate what, to break it to you. What if God is a person? What if God is more like my ego? What if God is more like myself? And maybe at that point in time, when people are, there wasn't a neo-Christianity thing then as well, because there, you know, there's a lot of new age stuff before that. 
And then prior to that, World War II, people mm -hmm. saw God die in the war, in the Holocaust. So I understand what comes next is this matter of reclamation that involves comparative spiritual analysis, you know, theological conversations. And then you, then you get to a more conservative traditionalist movement in the mm -hmm. 90s. And now the acceleration of these things is increasing. So we're now in a time where you have that, right? You have the trad cat thing you were talking mm -hmm. about. You have starseed QAnon overlap stuff. And yep. I'm, you know, light workers in Saturn time, all that stuff to me is yes. in a similar realm because I see those terms are used interchangeably and it almost reminds me of like uh, the council of Nicaea. Nicaea. Yeah. I, I imagine there's like a nice, a star seed, some sort of Nicene adjacent council mm -hmm. that is like, okay, well, I'm the black time key representative. I'm the star seed <laughs> guy. I'm the, this and that. Because the way I see these mm -hmm. things all merging, it is coalescing into new faith. Yeah. You know, next to it, you have ufology. But ne some next to that, you have like, it's, and it's all happening again. And I'm, as I see these things congealing, I see people picking sides and I see a redux of the last 50 years again. And, mm -hmm. Or even greater than that, the last 100 years, the perennialists, the traditionalists, the theosophists, like the fourth way. I see all of that again being rehashed and people are acting as if, oh, we just forgot that. Let's make a new syncretic faith. And it's like, and they're, they're either conveniently pretending they didn't lead to Ariosophy and Nazism or fascists mm -hmm. or technocratic police state, whatever, or it's a big wink, mm. and they are saying that, and and neither are great. And the tra and the, tra the traditional Catholic return is very exclusionary. Yes, and and, I, and we are in a time where it's more divisive and exclusionary. These faiths are. Yeah. Well, uh, something I would. <sighs> yeah, I, I that brings up a lot. Um, I just I'm yeah. worried that these you know things are congealing. I think the way that the internet can kind of obscure origins, um, allow for the kind of contextless repost. Um, does obscure the origins of some of this kind of thinking. Um, I would say also that something in particular, the way that it, it, I guess it, I would need to know how much of the starseed phenomenon is entirely uh, dependent on social media um, and how much of it exists outside of the social media matrix. But so much about this kind of the, the light workers we see on TikTok, the, you know, and maybe it's because I'm in, I'm encountering this all through my phone, but it seems like a lot of these kind of new, new, new age or, or contemporary new age, um, influencers involved with this stuff are not really concerned with having any kind of commun communal experience. Um, I know with the mythos of the light worker of the star seed, um, it, it almost seems like, you know, figuring out that you were born a wizard. You know, you get to go to Hogwarts. Y you, your ego is actually this ageless, eternal being. Un uncovering. Um, it's up what, to you to yeah. wake, it, awake everyone up. But it, it doesn't seem like that is a route to No, because it doesn't, it doesn't involve constantly building yeah. yourself, having compassion, suffering with yourself. Yeah. Uh, the, constantly becoming. Yeah. It's... it's and that might sound contradictory. I know a lot of faiths are about remembering what you were before mm. you were born or something like that. But that's that's a different notion entirely than yeah, that's not being in time. Being like Dumbledore in my past life <laughs> and in the future or whatever. Like that is yeah. That's a separate episode for me. That is like mm -hmm. with all due respect, some dissociative identity disorder mm -hmm. or the desire to do that 
um, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fusing with a playful imagination, I'm sure there are just imaginative people there as well. Um, and I think that fits. I think that fits an overall agenda too that comes out of spiritual faiths as well. I don't think it's great. Um, it's. I think it's concerning. Something that seems to kind of unite both the the reactionary uh, or the the this reactionary Christian revival or this desire to reinstantiate some kind of um, ancient Christian orthodoxy, Eastern orthodoxy, or Catholicism, um, but also those who would attempt to kind of revive pagan pre-Christian practices as a way to kind of get in touch with some some roots that are untouched by the the patriarchal, these kind of negative aspects of the the social structure that, you know, imposed Christianity on a pagan a population. Lot, a lot of those things were patriarchal, though, to an extent. Well, well that's that's true. Even but the Druidic stuff. But also, like, what unites them is that you, you can't you can't get back to either of them. They're they're both contemporary responses uh, to this. You I know, want the Nassim Gnostics to come back. <laughs> yeah. They weren't patriarchal. Wouldn't, don't we all? Yeah. Uh, but this this idea that you can somehow... Um, reinstantiate the the state of mind or the religious sensibility of somebody from you know 1600 is patently absurd. I mean the uh, you know the widely misunderstood uh, passage from Nietzsche about the death of God, um, which you know we correctly understand to be in reference to this you know decaying of any kind of spiritual sensibility in the age of modern industry in the age of capitalism yeah and it's um, and it's also like the death of a, a con a one conception yeah of God as yeah ones emerge and and Eventually. the elevation of of you know the the ability of man to, to kind of shape the the world around them but in any case our entrance into the modern world whether you want to define that by you know politically, um, through the French Revolution, it creates a new consciousness that is defined by its difference from what came before it. Mm. You know, and so mm-hmm. the, the the reactionary in terms of so the history of that term reactionary and its political capacity comes from those who, after the French Revolution, wanted to reinstate the monarchy and put the genie back into the bottle. You know, but as as we all know that doesn't that doesn't work can't go back you know you you cannot go back and who you are after this you know incredibly traumatic political event um is now defined by its difference from what you were before yeah the only so, way is yeah through the only way out is through definitely and so this desire to to reinstantiate any kind of you know uh ancient religious practice, whether it's uh, various forms of Christianity or pagan, pre-Christian astrology, tarot, you know. You you know, this isn't saying don't engage with those, you know, with those ideas, with those concepts and symbols. Who even has an accurate, like, what Neolithic era? Oh, that's the thing. It's all reconstruction. It's all, like, made up in the the 1920s. I I, I see people, like, who are, like, you know, Thelemites. Mm Mm-hmm. Attempting to like pull in like some druidic something or other, because mm-hmm. because that faith is malleable. Mm-hmm. Well, we have no idea. The only you know accounts we have of the druids are 
Roman sources, maybe some Greeks, but mostly Roman sources, I would imagine, who, yeah. you know, had totally, <laughs> completely disdained these people and were interested in portraying them a very certain way. Yeah, like so, I know a little bit about like the, you know, the Druidic oak tree mm-hmm. and I will have to do a separate episode on it because I don't have my notes in front of me, but I recall mm-hmm. that in places that already had those kinds of crowds congregating while they were being converted, they just... All right, we'll we'll keep the trees there or whatever. We'll keep we'll keep this symbol that you have there, which was a cross. Yeah, a gnarled oak tree cross. So they'd strip off all the other branches and they leave a cross piece and they would keep the vertical and they would worship in front of it. But it had nothing to do with a savior type. It mm-hmm. was different. It was about the uh, intersection of above and below, of the east and west. Uh, it was a unitary symbol. It yeah, was, I mean, it was its own form of a, of a trinity, yeah, the, of a, an absolution yeah. of something beyond the self, and that yeah. just got swallowed up. I mean, the cross in uh, you know inscribed in a circle, I believe, is also current Celtic. in various. Well, and also native, some Native American, oh, yes. um, you know, as a yes. kind of depiction of yes. of the the. I, I'm going out on a limb because I'm I don't have my notes in front of me as a depiction of the you know the world and four wind the cardinal directions. I mean, a cross is a very elementary geometric shape you know that how dare you i'm out (laughs) but yeah you know not to get too too sidetracked but i mean there was a lot of just papering over pagan practices with christian you know christian symbols christian meanings ascribed to these things um and i i get the idea of wanting to go back to what's the oldest thing yeah. That must be the most authentic. Yeah. What happened first? It, it, yeah, it's this What is intact? Yeah. Who can I trust? Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I get it. But after doing some, some work, uh, you can, I feel that you can see common threads through most of the traditional faiths, and that is what you should be getting at. I think, yeah. personally, before I think you, you know, maybe you divorce yourself from those faiths, or from those religious practices, not mm-hmm. the faith, um, altogether. You know, for me, worship is not going to a place every once a week mm-hmm. or every day. It's it's within me. Mm-hmm. It's, within something... my, it's within myself, mm-hmm. right? It's that's that's where that consciousness lies and comes. It emanates from me, and from you, and from everything. So, yeah, Definitely. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there is one one of the things that a a religious structure or picking a particular faith gives you um, is discipline. Yes. And regularity. It's in, it's the, in your it's practice. a part of the path. I feel like I'm maybe yeah. I'm being I'm denoting it too much. I don't, no, I don't no. Mean to so, do but that. I mean, religious, you know, religio, uh, the Latin meaning to kind of bind back. Um, religion in its you know kind of etymological history is a set of social customs and morals that you know ties people together, um, and obviously is a vehicle for dogmas to be enforced and Christianity has a long history of, you know, propping up a patriarchal, incredibly, like patriarchal, incredibly oppressive political structures. Um, And you can't really disentangle the church of the Middle Ages and early Renaissance from the political structures that, you know, used it, um, you know, to 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 burn witches and to yeah and i don't even want to make a good church yeah but one of the things that picking a faith whatever that faith is 
you know, and, and being a part of a religious organization is the kind of the discipline and regularity in worship or in prayer. Mm. Um, I, you know, you, obviously you can get those things outside, uh, of, I, know, I guess some of, of my concern is being faith. caught up in the rituals. Yeah. Being caught up in these aspects that, I mean, I even, even some forms of confession for me, I understand mm. the value in getting something off of your chest. Mm-hmm. I think that should be more present within our own social contracts mm-hmm. with each other though. But you know, there are, there are political reasons for why that is the way it is as well, why things are so atomized here. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, the, the purpose of ritual too is, is very interesting. I mean, it, in this context to consider because you, you can, plenty of people do get caught up in the specifics of a given ritual. It's superstitious. Um, it can yeah. be. And, and you mistake that for, mm-hmm. right. I have to do this for mm-hmm. that. And that's not true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, Rituals can make space for the, you know, the real work to occur. The mind space. Um, yeah. Whether it's your, you know, your walk that you go on every day. I, or, I guess I'm, or, I was looking at mm-hmm. rituals purely within the confines of a yeah. house of worship. Like a I wasn't specific, thinking yeah, about yeah, the yeah. rituals in our day-to-day lives yeah. or what, whatever you do that brings you closer to that. I, you know, I was just thinking about almost like a checklist mm-hmm. in which you can actually be not spiritual at all. You're just kind of going through the motions and you're in a good place and you're yeah. in a good community, but that's not bringing you closer to your faith. You're I mean, I'm, proud, you're yeah. confident, you're resting on your laurels. I'm pretty sure going through the motions, literally like that expression in English has to do with, you know, mm. the performance of religious rituals mm. of, of literally just going through the mo- the required motions, you know, the required kneelings or, you know, ablutions. I was thinking but... of uh, Harvey Keitel in Bad Lieutenant. Mm. <clears throat> you know, he's a uh, very Catholic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie is about a, it's a little, it's a little graphic, but it's a, it's a crime against the nun. And he's a, uh, he's the detective on the case. And he also is a very sinful <laughs> uh, person. And there are, are scenes where he's kind of hallucinating in the church and he's crying because he thinks he's weak. And then, you know, there's the idea of absolution and confession, but like after a lifetime of that, you know, he is who he is. He does bad things during the week, confesses on the weekend and then does bad things during the week again and and never really changes. And I'm not saying it works like that universally. I don't think it does at all, but um, forgiveness also has to come from within. Mm from you Mm -hmm. if you don't understand why you're doing things every week that you need to seek forgiveness for if you don't understand why you're falling into the same potential traps in your life Mm -hmm. then you don't know yourself right know thyself and you're not capable of forgiving yourself and anytime something outside of you forgives you i think it doesn't decrease the likelihood of you doing that thing again Mm -hmm. If you, if you have to be forgiven, if you have to make mistakes and, and, and fuck up, like, hopefully you're making different mistakes. Do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Because that's yeah, life. Make different that's what, mistakes. That's what that's life should good, be. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. You know, and if, and if I've, and sometimes I've made the same mistake 10,000 times. Mm-hmm. And it's on 10,001 where it's like, you know, I've had enough of this. Mm-hmm. I see what's going on here. I need to make a, I need to make a switch. But that comes from within me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we're intersecting with um, a term and a concept that is essentially been 
its original or you know positive meaning has been totally erased um, by its co-optation into the kind of neoliberal regime of self-care. Um, but the concept of mindfulness, um, you know, which comes from Buddhist practice of be like of practicing awareness and trying to notice, you know, rather than immediately judging your mistakes um, and and you know going through this this uh, process of you know feeling guilty about it and then trying to seek absolution and then this kind of endless cycle of trying to just be aware of you know the movements of your mind um, and let accepting them without judgment um, can often be a much more you know fruitful way of trying to change your behavior um yeah but, contemplation self-reflection <clears throat> you know or just observing like you said the automatic yeah. processes of your mind yeah that's different than exposition yeah it's different than telling somebody your know. version yeah. of events yeah. how you experience something and that takes that takes practice i mean maybe but that, I that's work that. though mm-hmm. you know that's part of the work and uh it's not glamorous but compassion means suffering with. So I hope you have mm. compassion for yourself. Mm. So maybe the, our understanding of suffering has just become tainted. It doesn't have to have the negative connotations that it has. But if you're not suffering, then you would never know what something good is anyways. You would never be able to experience contentment, let mm-hmm. alone happiness, if you're not suffering in some way. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to give the idea that we... I'm not. T- I am not talking about uh, self-flagellation yeah. or yeah. misery yeah. or anything negative. Like no, I said, it, it, the yeah. original root yeah. of suffering is compassion with. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have yeah. compassion with yourself is for what empathy. you're going through. Yeah, and it's it's love. Yes, like Christ's suffering yes. is an empathy. So yeah. suffering yeah. is throughout mm-hmm. our life. Yeah, but that could just be from a, yeah. a deeply felt sense of empathy, yeah. and and sometimes it's easier to have it for other people, which is mm-hmm. why I'm saying, can you have that for yourself? Yeah, have that for yourself. Can you? Yeah, you know, and if that's the case, then then if it's not, work work towards yeah. it. If you can, great. But I think there's not a single thing you experience that you don't have to keep working for to experience. Mm-hmm. You might move through a phase of your life where it's easy to be compa- to have compassion for yourself. Yeah. But as you move through your, the next chapter, where you're up against a whole other thing, you know, it's a different decade of your life. What it means to experience compassion again might be entirely different, entirely different equation for you to get there. So it's a constant process of, of refinement of I've completely lost myself mm-hmm. a number of times in my life and I've gone so far through that hole of being, I, I, I mean, in a, to an extent depressed because I think I'm comp- unconsciously comparing myself against what feels like a former high, mm-hmm. a height mm-hmm. that I've fallen from. And it's when I realize I'm like, nah, maybe it's not that kind of thing. It's not up and down. It's not forward or backwards. It's more that I just can't go back mm-hmm. and I've gone so far away from the things that I know that I just have to you know be and I will be something else and eventually you know you get somewhere so I, I uh, yeah compassion yeah compassion. well it, yeah and it's that that exaltation well so Christianity has at times and particularly I'm, I have in mind the the Christianity that supported the feudal structure you know glorifying the suffering of the poor and and you know, it, it, stating that the the suffering of the poor is kind of justified. Yeah, but the Templars um, were the beggars' arms. Yeah, okay. yeah. It, well, and so yeah, I I think that Christianity has at times, or it, it, with you know, 
um, very biased interpretation can be used to justify the status quo um, and to accept the, you know, the suffering in your life as kind of... What faith hasn't you know, been invoked is, in that way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, even, so, even in the yeah. faith set, look at suffering as an illusion. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this idea that cer- a certain amount of suffering in the world can't be eliminated or, or shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't as a society, as a world, strive to eliminate that suffering, I mean, I think, is a kind of sp- spiritually yeah, well, bankrupt position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, exactly how we go about that, you know, this is uh, in some ways a political uh, podcast, but I... But, you know, but the, I, I think we can get there, though, because yeah. at this point, uh, religion is intertwined. Mm-hmm irrevocably intertwined at this point in time with the state. Mm-hmm. And like I said, with the speed of neoliberal capitalism, the speed at which this thing reproduces and amorphously absorbs whatever it comes in contact with, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why it's hard to like, okay, what are the next symbols? What is mm-hmm. the next thing that could speak to the most people? Well, the thing that speaks to the most people tends to be cultish. Mm-hmm. At least in this period of time, the things that speak to the most people that might even have phenomenally great aspects mm. or at their core are potentially good tenants, even if they're lost along the way, are rife with the same issues capitalism is rife with, right? The money is a problem in there. Maybe it has to be a Marvel Political. cult. A what? A Marvel cult. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking too about like what is what would be the faith or the kind of religious structure or like, you know, what is, what is the religion of the elites these days if there even is one? I mean, I, I think maybe more than religion, I think what people still Capitalism, have today, bro. well, there's, there's, there's some kind of worldview, you know, there's a, there's an understanding of how, you know, how existence or the universe, how it all kind of fits together. Um, and I, I guess, you know, incremental progress, uh, the liberal dream of kind of incremental progress and lifespans getting, you know, better every year. And yeah, we had to drone strike some people, but, you know, maybe for some people that kind of works without, you know, if you're Barack Obama or, or somebody like that, I guess you, well, I, I, I am, I know I feel like Obama the techno- went to church. I'm not going to, I don't know. His, well, yeah, but he, like, you know, wasn't he also an atheist before? Yeah. Yeah. He just had, that's yeah. what you do in your president. Yeah. God bless. And eat, uh, yeah, eat yeah. children for adrenochrome. But, well, you know, I mean, yeah, well, you know, that goes without that. saying. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, there's, there's, I feel like they're the technocrats are overlapping with like the Bratton thing. Mm-hmm. They can claim they're ostensibly working towards some sort of like, you know, some kind of global consciousness, good, some teleology, new mm-hmm. sphere, everything's connected and awake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've seen that as a stronger current. I think the other half of that, if you could put a religion on it, whatever that religion is, mm-hmm. it's backed by a fiefdom. Mm-hmm. It's backed by some sort of like monarchical notion, you know, of, well, it already is the powerful that run things. We just mm. have this, you know, this is like the Curtis Yarvin pill. Well, we already have the system. It already is the cathedral. And it power already is centralized in some of these places. Let's get rid of the labels. Let's get rid of the thing. Let's... Let's move it into the hands of the of the technocratic planners. Mm-hmm. Let's whatever, and I don't know. I, I would like to pin that to traditional faith. I mm-hmm. it's tricky. Um, it's tricky. It's very tricky. I think. Uh, I think that idea about. I think it, yeah. it, I mean what would fit what fits the most outside looking in mm-hmm. is Gnosticism, mm-hmm. the demiurge, 
Yeah. The true God. They are demiurgical agents and where are the demiurges there? You know, like I think yeah. that would fit, but no, obviously nobody would subscribe to that. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, they're structuring the, the Plato's cave in which we're all kind of, uh, you know, sitting in. Um, yeah, yeah, the, I mean, I, I think where over are you time. In the cave? What? Where are you in the cave? Right now. <laughs> I like to think we've turned around, mm-hmm. we're on the other side of that wall. Mm-hmm. You know, the wall where they hold up the, yeah. the cool sh- things and yeah, the cool yeah. shadows. Those are pretty good shadows. But I like to think we're facing the light. Yeah. I'm not so, I'm not so naive to think I'm outside of it. I don't know if I can be in yeah. the system ever. I don't think it matters if I move to the middle of Antarctica. Yeah. I, I'm still in it. I'm still the, So yeah. I'd like to think I'm facing the sunlight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm having some good theories about what it, that is. Yeah, I've started to realize that oh, it's, so, it's like not as bright mm-hmm. anymore and it's not as terrifying. Because mm-hmm. before you turn around and it's just blinding. But now I'm like, hey, dude, I've been looking for a while. It's, like, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll get there one day. Inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> in the Roman Empire adopted Christianity kind of haphazardly and as was necessary for them to hold their power. Necessary and expedient for them to hold their power. And That's yeah, the history of the elites, I suppose, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, if if it, I mean, fundamentally, but you're But J.P. Your Morgan worldview. had the astrology watch. <laughs> Custom astrology watch. Uh, Do not research J.P. Morgan Full astrology watch. Full do astrology not, watch. Do 1. not 1.75 Google pounds. It. Do not research. Do not research. It is also currently missing. Do not research. <sighs> do not go on a quest to find J.P. Morgan's astrology Many watch. have tried. Don't do Many it. Many have tried. Believe me. Turn around. Well, maybe now would be a good time. You know, we're, we're, we're getting past the hour mark. Maybe now would be a good time to say a few words on uh, another kind of maybe pillar is too strong a word, but maybe not, then again. Um, Slavoj Zizek's con- uh, concept of Christian atheism uh, I think is something that's pretty key to um, our analysis here at Pneumatic Materials. Um, and I'm sure we'll both have a fair bit to say, uh, but maybe to sum it up kind of briefly, um, there is this moment in the Passion um, after Christ has been crucified, expiring on the cross, he cries out, Father, why have you forsaken me? Um, And I'm not, you know, I am no biblical exegete. I am not really familiar with many of the interpretations of this line. Um, But the uh, contrarian, uh, to say the least, philosopher uh, Slavoj Zizek would, you know, it is his interpretation that this calling out um, this lamentation over having been forsaken um, by God the Father is Christ's recognition that there is no there is no God, there is no Yahweh above who could intercede and change events. Um, it is his assertion that in this moment Christ realizes that we are all we've got and that God depends on us to be instantiated or the kingdom of God um, can only be brought about by human action. I think Zizek says 
he makes it within the Christian faith, but I would I would argue that it's like you said, it's instantiated. It's imbued in the creation of things. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that thing is beyond your ability to fathom, that the 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 water of light, you know, like the mm-hmm. source, the father, the logo, whatever that is, um, it's here. It's and, and in us. It's through us. Yes, and to experience it during your lifetime, before you die, uh, requires a paradigm shift. I often find that, like, what's at the edge of science ends up uh, undergirding these esoteric notions anyways. Yeah. It's true. And um, that's very fascinating to me. But, like, I don't hold that to be a capital T truth, just like I don't hold the any any religious document to be like that either. Like, everything points. Yeah. Every, everything is a signpost. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh... Can't mistake it for the mm-hmm. thing, because... You can't know that thing. Yeah. You can, you can, I think, intuitively experience mm-hmm. a sense of awareness. I don't think you can know it. And I think the second we start to talk about it, we've already lost it. You yeah. Know, I think <clears throat> there's a reason why all these scriptural documents are symbolic. Yeah. The abstraction is like a way to compress data, mm-hmm. right? It takes something that is, one, beyond your ability to fathom. Two, if you could intellectualize it to some com- component, speaking about it is very difficult yeah. And three, no one can even agree on it. Well, I think, so it's mm. better to have speaking symbolically because that's also a way to get at real truth mm. beyond the narrow limits, beyond the, 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 the glass darkly that we're looking through mm-hmm. because cool. that's, that's all we can ever see is through our, our very mm. limited senses, our senses that are driven by uh, evolutionary survival mechanisms. They let the, the least amount of information impossible for us to survive. So to stake everything that's true on that seems absurd. Yeah. Well, I, I think the closest, you know, short kind of maxim that maybe some of our listeners are familiar with that gets closest um, to this, this Christian atheist idea is the phrase God is love, you know, which has a lot of, um, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember who said that first, I'm sure. It was a very long time ago. Um, but... You know, the word love in English is, I don't know, it says too much and too little at the same time. Love understood as a kind of radical empathy, an immediate and visceral recognition of the interconnected, interdependent nature of all things. Yes, God is love. Um, It's not this kind of you know, hippy-dippy bullshit of just put, put, put that notion of God, God being kind or God being giving everybody yes. a hug. It's, no, we're, we are all of the same substance. And, you know, the only way we can affect the kingdom of God to bring it about is in the here and now, is through human action.
for listening to Pneumatic Materials.